course. Yes, yes, yes. It's your boy Phil, aka Scorpio P, the lovely and talented Marie Fury is joining me. Hola. How are you today, madam? I'm fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. This has been one of the craziest weeks in sports. Had like at, at least at least for this month anyway. So yes. we got we got a lot to get into. We got a lot to talk about. I want to yeah. also <laughs> want to give a shout out, of course, to the one and only Miss Katie K. Holding us down. Yes, round Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. Can't do it without her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get to talk wrestling here before I give up? Have a bow. Yes, we will be talking a little bit about wrestling today. Yes. Much to much to Katie's. Excitement. Yes. <laughs> Mustard. To say the least. <laughs> She's bursting, guys. Uh, you already know what time it is, because um, Backlash is this Sunday, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, WWE Backlash is this Sunday. Also this Sunday, big shout-outs to Rocky Entertainment as well as Ivy Productions. The annual give-back show is this Sunday, May 16th. Phil's coming mm. out with sacks, guys. I'm not playing my sax. <laughs> Sorry, disappointing. No, I'm not playing my saxophone for that show. You're so um, good, I mean, I mean, next one, not that one. I have another, I have another set plan because there's another song in particular that I want to perform. Um, but okay, okay, well, we're here for it. We're here for it. Absolutely, like for, but for all intents and purposes, it's a great day, guys. And it seemed like it was an even better day for. Someone that's been out of the league for quite some time. Now, <laughs> now, before I say what I'm going to say about for a long time. Before I say what I'm going to say, before I say what I'm going to say about it, I want to preface what I'm saying with a brief statement. And the first thing I want to say is, now I'm an artist. All right, I do professional theater. I do and a um, damn good one. Thank you, thank you. I do professional theater. I'm a, I'm an independent hip hop artist. And I'm a writer, a broadcaster here. This is an art form, too. Don't y'all motherfuckers get it twisted. And more often than not, you find yourself sometimes having to excuse yourself a little bit and come back, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. We have a comment on the board, sir. Oh, that was fast. So, G, shout out to G Money, Stacks in the motherfucking Yo, what up, G Money? Hey. What um, up, G Money? Good evening, Scorpio P and Maria of the Break Room Sports Podcast. Happy Friday, y'all. How do you week mentally and spiritually? Hashtag mental health check-in. Oh, shit. Oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic, bro. <laughs> Yo, shout out to G Money, Stacks. Make sure y'all check out his podcast, Off the Meat Rack. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. What's it called? Off the Off Meat the Rack. Meat rack. Hey. Yeah, off the meat rack podcast. That's spicy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty That's dry. spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. How are, how are we doing mentally, guys? How are we? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Been feeling a lot of cosmic shifts, but um, outside of that, I've been pretty good. Just staying busy. Like I say, got shows coming up. Got a lot of things coming up. I do. I'm doing theater at Coexist Game House. Shout out to Coexist Gaming. Uh, it's it's been pretty dope, and also. Gonna be shooting some more videos soon, so y'all look out for that. And yes. yeah, of course, as you already know, holding it down here on the break room every Friday. Hell but yeah. shout out to G Money, thanks for that mental health check-in, bro. Like, thank you. It's very valuable these days, especially with everything still going on. Like, it's 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 good to do that. So much love to you, my brother. Every like, shout outs to you. Shout outs to G Money. Much love, man. <laughs> Yes. And I love how you knew not to pass it to me. 
Well, I mean, I mean, didn't do anything. I was about to never mind. He was but, trying to spare me is what it was. Um, but I'm going through the motions, guys, and it don't stop, can't stop. Um, but yes, mental health is very, very important. Um, I might be a psychopath. <laughs> might be. You know what? But fuck it, though. It's okay, because you live a hot one that is a psychopath. Shout out to Margot Robbie. You don't have time for feelings. I'm over it. You don't so have time for feelings. But um, make sure you share this live, support Scorpio P and Marie for me. Share this live on YouTube, Facebook, IGTV, yep. Spotify, motherfucker. Yes. It could be yes, on Spotify. Yes, Sarah. Yes, we are, Spot- we are on Spotify way. now. Yes, we are? Yeah. We are. Yay. People, they done fucked up let us on Spotify. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. Up, bitches. But I gotta get to this business because speaking of somebody that they done let up in there and fuck shit up. Y'all remember the homie Tim Tebow? Y'all remember this guy with like four score and seven years ago? No, no, listen. So, (laughs) so, so, (laughs) exactly the Mets. Exactly. That's what what people are getting to know him for now. But (laughs) the former Jet that that decided he wanted to go. Former Jet and former Patriot. The former Patriots and former <laughs> men. Like, what are we doing here, boy? What are we doing here, guys? What's next, WWE? Because apparently that's where they all go. Did you not see motherfucking but, celebrity boxing match? But let me, but let me, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that too. In a but, but anyway, but anyway, little backstory on Tim Tebow for me. Like, don't know who he is. He was the starting quarterback for the um, University of Florida Gators. Between the years of, I believe it was 07 to 09. He won the Heisman under Urban Meyer, who was the coach of the Florida Gators at the time. My freshman and year in high school. <laughs> I think I was 2008. I was graduating high school. Yes. Was graduating high school. Jesus. And yeah, time flies. Anyway, but for the most part, he was very successful in college, won a Heisman trophy under Urban Meyer. Uh, Two national championships as well with Urban Meyer, so he he did pretty he did pretty well as a quarterback at the college level, like running all over the place, had the number one rushing attack in the nation, and then he ends up going to the NFL. He goes to Denver, but they have the number one rushing rushing attack in Denver, and so on and so forth. After that wild card like season that the Broncos had with Tim Tebow at the helm, things kind of went downhill for him. He started bouncing from team to team. He was a Jet at one point, Patriot at one point. And because the issue with Tim Tebow is that he is not that he can't play football, he can't throw. So the fact that he can't throw, that's why most of the shit that he's in college and the bros, he's running all the time. He can't throw. He throws like a pussy. No, he, he can't. He doesn't even throw like a pussy. Listen, he can't throw. There's a lot <laughs> of things to play. There's aim. There's period. Throwing it to you. Because, you, throw it because too. you can throw like a pussy. You're still throwing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not even it's not even so much the fact that he's throwing up or not. The fact of the matter is he can't throw. Is that why the that's why the Mets drafted him, right? That's why. <laughs> yeah, was like another, he ended up being he ended up like playing the Mets minor leagues for a little bit as well. So now the story came up this week on Tuesday, and as far as I know, it like he is to sign it, like it's pretty much finalized. 
Tim Tebow is signing a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars to be a tight end. Um, um, huh? Now, <laughs> before huh? a bunch of people start storming my YouTube with, what the fuck, why does he get a job before Colin Kaepernick does, let me, let me lay some things out for some people here. Now... I don't want anyone to believe for a second that Urban Meyer is doing this like to see how things would be. He's doing a favor to Tim Tebow. Please, everyone understand that. Yeah. Urban Urban Meyer coached Tim Tebow as a kid in at, at Florida. All right. He was the reason that Tim Tebow was drafted. So now Urban Meyer coming to the NFL. Sure, it, pick, it makes a little bit of sense for him to pick up Tebow. And also acknowledge the fact that he's not going to play quarterback. They just drafted a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who will start. He's going to be a tight end, right? Yeah, he's going to be the tight end. Here's where that ends. You're asking a gentleman who has been out of the league pretty much a good almost seven years completely. Seven years out the league. Because he hasn't played a snap since 2013. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he's been out the league literally at this particular moment in time seven years. Ouch. And you're going to ask him, someone who was so adamant, no matter how much he couldn't throw, how adamant he was about being a quarterback. Okay. You're going to bring this five foot nine guy in Rusty, dusty, to crusty. block other defensive players <laughs> who are probably going to be a little bit taller and a little bit faster than him and played football and, last year and more <laughs> passionate than him because a tim tebow was a guy with plenty of money in the bank who has been a broadcaster who has been an analyst who has been all over television he has sponsorships so there's a lot of stuff working in his favor that's not going to be working in the favor of the defensive player that he's going to be blocking that has to put food on his table for his wife and kids that's thing one thing two Everyone can be angry all they want about the fact that, oh, um, why why didn't Colin Kaepernick get a job um, instead of Tim Tebow? Like, that was the first thing I fucking heard. Yeah. First thing I fucking heard, everyone was talking about, okay, well, what the fuck? You're going to sign him as a tight end and Colin Kaepernick can't even get a job as a quarterback. And I need people to understand something. Colin Kaepernick, and I'm only going to say this once on this show. Listen carefully. Colin Kaepernick does not want to play in the NFL anymore. He does not. It's 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 past the point of no return with him. It's he, abundantly clear, yeah. He does not want to play for the NFL. He'll probably milk it for all it's worth because of what they did to him, but he has firmly like closed the door in his own blackballing here. Like after that workout that he had, that he shut down and made it about himself and not the fact that he was trying to get back into the league, that made it clear to everyone that he doesn't want to play. And quite frankly, I was proud that he did that as a Colin Kaepernick fan. I was like, he doesn't need the NFL, and the NFL doesn't need him. I think they should keep it that way. So anyone that's coming into um, that, that's coming at me on YouTube or whatever saying that, but, 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 but yo, yo, Scorpio P, yo, Phil, like, what's what? What do you think about Tim Tebow getting this shit instead of instead of Colin Kaepernick getting a job? I'm like, you know what, fam? Colin Kaepernick doesn't want to play in the league. Tim Tebow's passion hasn't left to play in the league. I think Colin Kaepernick is done. So people need to understand that. I love that character you just did, by the way. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just generalizing shit. You're but, a fool. No, no, I'm just generalizing Fucking shit. From New York. And, but but here and, and here's the third thing, and this is probably the most important thing. The thing about Tim Tebow is that people understand that he's kind of like had, for lack of a better term, when it came to him being in the league. He kind of had a little bit of an easier way to get around. That's why he bounced from place to place. If he if he could throw, he would still be playing right now on like a really good franchise, just because the kind of person he is. Like he's a glue guy, things like that. But the fact of the matter is, when it came to the position position that he wanted to play, he can't play it effectively. So him coming in as a tight end, you already know many of many of the Jaguars players are not happy about it. They are not. They're not that excited. So you don't want to rub elbows with old Timmy? Like, like check, like check this out. ESPN's Jeff Darlington he reported details about the impending addition to the Jags roster, uh, Tim Tebow, and this is all Urban Meyer's doing because Urban Meyer has worked with Tim Tebow so so many years before. That being that he's coming from the college ranks to the pros now, he wants as many people to back him up as he can get. So. Everyone, if you if you want to be mad at somebody about Tim Tebow being in the league again, be mad at Urban Meyer because during an appearance Tuesday on Sports Center, Jeff Darlington said this: "When you cite the resume, when you talk about all of these things, his words, his quote, it sounds pretty wild, and that certainly is a mindset of those in the Jaguars building. Not everyone, obviously, Urban Meyer is the one behind all of this, but not everyone in the Jaguars building is thrilled with this." They don't think that it necessarily sends a proper message to the rest of the team in the locker room and the guys trying to make this team. Do you see what I'm saying when I say when Tim Tebow has to line up as a tight end in the slot in in um, either 3-4 or uh, the shotgun, when he has to line up against a defensive end that's ready to beat the shit out of him because he's trying to get a contract and be signed um, longer to provide for his family while Tim Tebow is already sitting on a pile of money, oh, there's going to be some problems there, motherfucker. Like, y'all got to understand that. There's going to be some issues. And that's what a lot of these Jaguar players have an issue with. Yeah, big time. And it's understandable. Um, you know, same thing with any industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's same thing with the entertainment industry. You know, there's there's cash grabs and there's, like, fleeting, oh, you're a big name, let me put you on this. Meanwhile, Absolutely. deserving actors, deserving models Absolutely. don't get... I mean, why would you put an old-ass actress in a skincare commercial? That's just that's just from my end, the and modeling here, and, end. And, like, and, I look at this shit go. and I go, fucking what? And why here, is she in a skincare commercial? She's old as shit. And here we go talking about branding. Yeah. Now, Here's another thing people need to understand about this move Urban Meyer made. Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow are legends in the state of Florida. They are legends. Winning two national championships at the University of Florida in the in between 07 and 08. And not only that, Trevor Lawrence, who was just drafted out of Clemson, is drafted to Jacksonville. And right now, he is the biggest name in the nation when it comes to new quarterbacks. So case in point, this is firmly a cultural jolt, a, a cultural jolt rather, that Urban Meyer is trying to put forth with the Florida crowd. That whole college—it's it's nothing but college football in Florida. 
and and the Bucks and the Jaguars. But it's yeah. nothing but college football. You have Florida State. You have University of North Florida, Central Florida. You have the University of Miami. Like yeah. every like the the U is legendary. Everything in Florida is about college football. And and what Urban Meyer is essentially doing is that he is building a college football experience for those most tied to it in Jacksonville. And there are a lot of people that aren't really happy with it, but we'll see what's going to happen. She definitely will. We'll see what's going to happen. And look with them binoculars. Black Twitter is already all over this shit. The yeah. memes are hilarious. Um, no one has really high hopes about this shit. Well, at least on the internet. Um, it's... I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be sipping my tea. <laughs> it's going to be some hot tea being served, yo. I'm telling you. People are going to have a lot to say when um, when Tebow starts getting lit up by people like like Aaron Donald or fucking um, Khalil Mack if they ever play those teams. Like, it's it's not going to be fun. <laughs> Does he know how to take a hit anymore? Can That's the question. Oh He's going to, because a tight end has to block, yo. And if you can't block in the National Football League, you are going to get your shit rocked. <laughs> Best believe. Yeah. Best believe. I can't. That's all right. And yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Tune into the Break Room Sports Podcast. We're live on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. And it's Liddy. And it's Liddy. <laughs> Shout outs to Johnny Floss, the song Liddy featuring Snipe Life. That's available on all streaming platforms right now. Make sure you check out all his music on all streaming platforms. That man is something else. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the bro. We got to get him on the show some too, at some point. We should. Not because 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 he he knows his basketball. He's a big Nets fan. So um, speaking of which, we're going to go into basketball right now. So a lot of people have their own reservations about what it means to be great. Right? Everyone has their own reservations about what they all want to do in terms of making a name for themselves, whatever field they, they have. In the NBA, of course, we're talking about championships that match up to one's legacy, whatever the case may be. Stats. Yes, yeah, stats, stats, stuffers, whatever you want to call them. But depending on what you go through, pardon me, depending on what you go through, your legacy can be defined in a multitude of ways, depending on what it is that you end up accomplishing in lieu of what it is that you go through. So I want to talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. Now, fellow Scorpio, Russell Westbrook, (laughs) uh, he's a very, very intense individual. As all Scorpios are. Listen, that's how it is with us, yo. We're very, very, very intense people. Like, many have argued that Russell Westbrook is the most athletic point guard to ever play the game, or one of the two most athletic. The other was prime Derrick Rose, who now plays for the Knicks, which we'll get to later. But 
the thing about Russell Westbrook is that his passion is very, very archetypical of a Scorpio. We're very he's he's very intense and passionate to sometimes to a fault, and he's loyal to a fault as well. It's something that we all gotta work on, like just cosmically speaking. Like I'm big on astrology, so cosmically speaking, we all go through that while we're entering our what we call our Phoenix stage, which is the highest point of being Scorpio. Phil. Um, <laughs> Phil. Yes. It's just him being who he is, and that's why he backs Sierra. Precise. Right? <laughs> Russell Westbrook did not back Sierra. That's Russell Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone completely, someone completely different. Someone completely different. That's yeah. that's football. I'm talking about basketball. Fake news. <laughs> I, I never said I was a basketball fan, so I'm a lot myself. <laughs> fake news. It's fake. News. You are good. You are good. But <laughs> yeah. But this past Monday night, Russell Westbrook recorded his 182nd career triple double. Yes. Breaking Oscar Robertson's record for the most triple doubles in NBA history. That record stood for 47 years, by the way, just to like put that into perspective so you guys know how big of a deal that is. A 47 year record. And a lot of people say that the NBA kind of like restores itself every like seven years or so. Mm. So, with that being said, with the evolution of the NBA, a lot of people will discredit Westbrook by saying that maybe it was maybe too easy for him to get these triple doubles or whatever they, or whatever bullshit argument people want to make. But I want to remind y'all of what Russell Westbrook had to go through. Now, he was drafted, of course, by the Oklahoma City Thunder out of UCLA. We all know his story of what he was able to do at OKC alongside Kevin Durant and James Harden, who are now in Brooklyn together. How they were able to make the finals. They lost that finals in five against uh, LeBron James in Miami during that shortened season where Derrick Rose tore his ACL against the Philadelphia 76ers back when Andre Iguodala was playing. But overall, after that run, things got progressively worse for Westbrook. He was... He was hurt for the first time shortly after that run, had to have knee surgery. And then the year after that, when they took the 73 and nine Warriors to the brink of elimination, they threw away a 3-1 lead. And that was the final nail in the coffin for KD to leave. James Harden left before that because it literally came down to Sam Presti of the Oklahoma City Thunder deciding between do we want to pay James Harden, the best six man probably in the league, or do we, do we want to pay our defensive stalwart, um, Serge Ibaka? Do you want to pay for block shots or more points? And they opted for block shots and gave the money that they were going to give James Harden to give to Serge Ibaka, which led to James Harden ultimately saying, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. And that's when he became a legend in Houston for the next six, seven seasons. Thanks. So with that being said, Russell Westbrook had to go through two superstars leaving him, playing with a bunch of new players and, and new coaches as well, going from Scott Brooks to Billy Donovan, and having having to work with Paul George, and then all of a sudden Paul George becomes 
an MVP candidate playing with Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook is not someone you can't play with. It's just you got to have the right person to play him with. Him and James Harden didn't work in Houston for the short time that they did. And now it seems that he's having some sort of better chemistry now with Bradley Beal in Washington. But what I want people to understand about Russell Westbrook is that when you have when you have someone as passionate as Westbrook is about the game of basketball and talented. Oh, he's forever gonna like he's still dunking on people at his at his somewhat advanced age. I think he's 32 now. Yeah. And at his advanced age. Like I'm 30. So fuck. 32 uh, in the advanced age? What the fuck? For in, 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 in the NBA. In the NBA. Yeah. I mean, in the NBA. Like mo- mo- most people. Baseball is a little longer, but the NBA is. Oh, yeah. Baseball, you can play till you're 50. Yeah. Like most most people, most defensive players in the NFL retire at age 30. Mm-hmm. Like Luke Keekley, for example, who was who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, defensive uh, linebacker who was playing with the Panthers, played for eight years, and he was like, I'm done. I made a Super Bowl. I didn't win it, but hey, I've done more than enough. I'm a legend in this city. I'm good. You know, sometimes, like, your body says, you know what? I think I'm done. Yeah. But Russell Westbrook, for everything he does, how athletic he still is, like, yeah, his body has taken a beat. He's been injured a lot here and there. But the fact that he still is able to persevere and do what he's doing in terms of racking these triple doubles up in an effort to basically dig the Wizards out from a fucking hole. Because remember what I said um, a couple weeks ago when they interviewed Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal said, we're so bad at defense, we can't even block, we can't even defend a parked car. Like, <laughs> I cried. I was like, nah, fam. Like, that's that's horrible. So the fact that they are poised to not only make the playing tournament, but in fact make some noise within it, thanks to Russell Westbrook, I think says something. And of course, um, many people... Got shit to say. Got shit to say, but... I want people to understand that Westbrook's legacy is not going to be defined by championships. It won't be. And I need people to get out of their heads like, yo, he could have got a chip if he did this and did that. Nah. At the end of the day, when it comes to someone as passionate about what he does as Russell Westbrook is, going back to the whole Scorpio thing, you ain't going to tell us who we can't be. You feel me? Like, you're not going to tell us what we can and can't do. And for what Russell Westbrook had to endure, especially the fallouts he had with Harden and with um, KD, just what he had to endure in order to stand in the face of that adversity, just he was miraculous Monday. They lost, unfortunately, but, um, but he was miraculous still. And just from the simple fact that he is able to etch his place in history this way, I think it's something that he should be more than satisfied about. But, of course, we measure things by championships. And sometimes you need to realize not every great player is going to be defined by championships. Charles Barkley didn't win a championship. And he and he is one of the most revered figures in basketball, period. All right? Yep. Like, we got to get out of the idea of Rings are nothing. It's not even that. We got to get out of the. We got to get out of this notion that championships are going to define success to a point where the journey can't be admired. 
That's what that's what I think this is really about. You got to enjoy the journey. You got to enjoy the process of becoming great. Who knows what Westbrook could do next season or whatever. He could win a chip next season. Who knows? Things yeah. happen very quickly in these in sports. But what I want people to understand and take note of is that Westbrook ain't going anywhere. He's probably going to keep scoring these triple-doubles. And the sooner people understand that we can't look for him to be like a LeBron or like a KD or like a James Harden, they're different people. Yeah, not everyone can carry a whole team, you know? And that really shouldn't be one person's responsibility. And that's another thing. He never, ever, ever begged to be part of anyone. He always worked with the people that, that was there. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget one interview that he had where someone asked, he was sitting right next to Stephen Adams um, Center. And he was like, hey, one of the interviews like, hey, yo, Westbrook, are you going to... Like, you think there's any problems with your teammates and stuff like that? Like, hearing about trades and stuff. And he stopped the reporter immediately and said, I don't want no one talking about breaking us up. I'm tired of hearing that. That's enough. Right? I'm working with the people who I'm working with here. That's it. Yeah. Literally shut everyone up. And for some people, maybe that's disrespectful. He's a passion. He's a, he's a boisterous guy. All right? We said the same thing about Marcus Peters last week. These are boisterous guys here. But at the end of the day, what you have to give credit for is the fact that Russell Westbrook did this his own way, and he did it by being himself. He didn't give a fuck about anything. And I think that's more than commendable. And I still think he has a chance to win a championship before he retires. Am I going to sit here and hope and pray that he does? Eh, to, to each its own. Do I want to see him win a championship? Absolutely. Time will tell what happens to him in that sense. But as it stands right now, can we just enjoy what's going on? Yeah. Let's just enjoy, like, people still get on LeBron for not winning as much championships as everyone thought he was going to win. Just now people are, are never appreciating, people. yeah, just it's now people are appreciating enough. the journey. They want you to be a saint. They want you to be entertaining. You gotta appreciate the journey. They want you to journey. be sexy. They want you to be young. They want you to be everything else. You gotta else. appreciate the and journey. You know what? He fucking he did it. He broke this uh forty-seven standing, forty-seven year standing record. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And he's not done. This isn't the end of his career. At all. He's gonna wrap them up. At and all. you know what? Somebody. It's easy for somebody to sit in a chair. And say, well, you still didn't fucking do this. And it's like, okay, what have you done lately? Can you can you do any of this? Yeah. So I, I, I think, and, and it's weird. There's a lot of fans, a lot of fans, um, you know, who are not their fittest, not their youngest, not their, you know, even if they were former players, uh, a lot of these uh, sports commentators, um, you know, they they talk a lot of shit from a seat, from a chair, and it's <laughs> like us. It's like, but my thing is, at the end of the day, we still put things in perspective. We never completely shit on somebody, because you know what? You can't do that. You know, but you talk from a fan perspective. Now, I've seen like, let's say for an example, wrestlers that were benched that became commentators. I feel like they still have the right to say something because they've been in both the perspective of 
the wrestler, they've been in the perspective of the fan, and they've of been... Of course, of course, but if someone accomplishes something, and they go, yeah, but you didn't accomplish the other fucking thing, uh, it's like, he's still going, you're not. He's still going. I think you both make very valid points. You both make very valid points, and that's what it really is about. Like, perception is everything. Yeah. Perception is everything. <laughs> and the perception of Russell Westbrook doing this for a team that was losing games left and right when Bradley Beal was scoring forty to fifty a night. It doesn't. It doesn't look at first glance that important that Russell Westbrook just made history in one of the craziest ways possible. It doesn't. It doesn't give it its proper perspective. Like it's hard to give. It's hard to give flowers to that. I totally get it. What I want people to understand is that we don't. Sure, we watch sports to see our favorite players be successful, but at the end of the day, you can't, if success, success can be defined different ways for different people, and if this is the way that Russell, Russell Westbrook is going to define his success, then so be it. What I'm going to do and what I hope everyone else will do is enjoy the journey. It took, it took us 15 years to start enjoying LeBron's journey. Homie won three chips already, and it wasn't until he became a Laker we were like, okay, let's look at like his journey from a different lens. Now, even when he was in Cleveland, he was still getting shit. Yeah. And what people need to understand is that everyone's legacy is defined differently. But you have to always put that into perspective no matter what. Always. Because that's like saying, once again, you're wrestling. If a person comes out and presents himself for the first time, you, no matter how many championships they win, it has to take that one defining moment that really does make you a legend. That's why you have the legends that we have right now. Yeah, and that's why there's different accolades also. You know, like, you know, legends, legends that has come with time. Yeah. You know, and hard work. And Precisely. Hard work. <laughs> and he put in that work, guys, to, in my yeah. opinion. I wasn't appreciating all the hate. Put in that work, motherfuckers. Absolutely. Yes. If, Period. Can't but, take it away from him. Can't take it away. But yes, good, good, good shit on that to the Wizards. I think they're gonna do very well in the play-in tournament. We're watching. Mm-hmm. Speak, yeah. speak, speaking of speaking of that, speaking of watching, we've been talking a lot about wrestling real quick. So hey. I think it's time for our first news break. <laughs> and before we get Marie to continue our news break, we're gonna have our very own KDK start it because she got some shit to say about this particular first news memo that we got. So, let's go. So here's Marie and Katie with the news. All right, Marie, tag team. Little <laughs> wrestling term. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she would get more excited about that. <laughs> she was like, yeah, fucking whatever. No, she, I'll, she, I'll let Marie be the headline that's proof what she was and then I'll do my shit. Oh, we're tag teaming for real, for real. Let's okay. do it, let's do it. So uh, the WWE Raw TV ratings are down despite Lashley and McIntyre McIntyre WrestleMania backlash hype. All right. <clears throat> now listen here, me, Gene. I gotta tell you one thing. No one gives a fuck about what happened with Drew, La- uh, Drew McIntyre and fucking Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> No one cares, okay? Ratings for Monday Night's Go Home edition of WWE Raw prior to Sunday's WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view 
We're down compared to last week. According to Showbuzz Daily, Monday's three-hour episode of Raw on USA on the USA Network averaged 1.817 million viewers, a decrease from last week's 1.872 million. Newsflash: Raw ratings have been going down way before this ever happened. <laughs> You have NXT on Tuesday. You have AEW on Wednesday, who now merged with Impact and fucking New Japan. And that shit is crazy that fucking Kenny Omega, the champion on three different fucking wrestling promotions. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this week's Raw was headlined by a non-title match between WWE champion Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Drew won the match by disqualification with Braun Strowman intervening. And it was Braun who stood tall to close the show. Showman took out both McIntyre and Lashley with multiple running power streams. And he had been, and he even put Lashley through a barricade with the move ahead of the championship. Triple threat match, Lashley, McIntyre, and Showman at the WrestleMania backlash. So what this means here, people, is that WWE creatives really can't get their shit together. So they thought to just us with Braun Strowman becoming a champion today when he's not going to become a champion because it's what the bottom line makes. And Vince McMahon now believes that Bobby Lashley, after having such a tenured career, now gets to be the champion. So no one has to become <laughs> champion until Bobby Lashley does not become marketable. And this was your news break number one. Back to you, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Katie K. Body slam. Ivy Production. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, of course. Listen, we're gonna have a wrestling episode soon. So Yeah. So, so listen, like I said, backlash is right Sunday. around the corner. It's Sunday. I'll bring in the action figures I kept from I'm weak. <laughs> Well, I swear to God, let me sit down with Bobby Lashley and have an interview with him and find out why the fuck he's letting himself do this shit to his career. It's fucking disgusting. We'll, we'll find out. So we'll, we'll pay attention to that shit. We'll be watching Backlash on Sunday right after the Give Back show. Um, um, listen, man, the Give Back is six, is 6 to 10. I'm fucking putting it on my phone. <laughs> mm, and speaking of girl teams. Yes. So, Atlanta Dream hires franchise first all-black female broadcast team. Yes. Progress yes. there. Um, kind of. Kind of. Um, <laughs> the Atlanta Dream announced their broadcast crew for 2021's uh, WNBA season, which will be the franchise's first all-black, all-female announced team. Amazing. Um, LaChina Robinson and Tabitha Turner will work as color analysts with Angel Gray and Autumn Johnson filling out the group. Mm -hmm. Robinson had previously spent 11 years on the commentary table for The Dream, um, and the franchise chose to move on from Robinson and play-by-play -play announcer Rob Rathbone ahead of the 2019 season with high post hoops Howard Medgill reporting they would have had to accept a 35% pay cut wow. to remain in their roles. Ownership of the dream has since changed hands with majority governor Larry Godensteiner leading a group that includes former guard Renee Montgomery. So a lot of progress, but the pay cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's one thing I want to just look at right quick. So 
it's first off, it shouldn't have taken this long for this to happen. Like, yes. if if there's anything bigger in Atlanta than the Atlanta Hawks is the Atlanta Dream. Like, they're probably one of the most revered WNBA franchises in 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 the WNBA in the nation, and the fact that it took a change of ownership basically for this to happen. Like I get it, it's progress and I'm very excited about it. I look forward to a lot of these Atlanta Dream games for for the WNBA. It's gonna be a lot of fun um watching that team and hearing these women. But it's end- a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, also yeah. the the you know the fact that they're talking about someone would have had to take a thirty five percent that's that's what I'm talking cut. about. The, the 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 pay cut thing, like I, I get it. I, I, I but when it comes when, when that's one of the main reasons why a, a huge overall has to be undertaken, it can easily be avoided by you just being equal with that and making sure that the people that you hire are just doing their jobs. It doesn't you don't have to give them it doesn't have to get to a point where a pay cut has to be involved. Yeah. Like I really I really believe that when the franchise chose to move on from Robinson, that was really that that's the whole reason why. I think that it was Robinson was one that was like, Oh no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I've I've given way too much of this shit. You gotta cut my pay by thirty five percent. Yeah, that's a so pitchy. so through the change of ownership, we see this progress happening and it's great to see. I'm just upset that 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 was the main reason because I wouldn't have done the same. I wouldn't have done it either. Like, fun fact about me: I used to work for Nordstrom. They, they they were going to give me a different position at a lower pay grade, and I said no because I spent too much time. I spent too much time at that fucking place. Can't go back. (laughs) Exactly. Can't go back. Like much much love to Nordstrom always for what they taught me and like. 10, 10 great years of service I was able to give them. Y'all but, have amazing sales. But, but yeah, but <laughs> they, they do. They do. Like, <laughs> all my clothes are from Norton. Um, but, for, but, but I say that to say pay cuts shouldn't be the, it shouldn't be the reason why we end up seeing stuff like this. Yeah. Not, when, not when it comes to women who are more than qualified. And you can call it um, sexism, discriminatory, however you want to call it. At the end of the day, this happened because you didn't want to pay a woman what you were going to, what you were supposed to pay her for the investment that she gave in you. And that is the issue that I have a problem with. And that just is an indicator of what they're probably getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, women, yeah, pay yeah. cut, black, pay cut. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too excited about seeing what the comparisons are yeah but but renee montgomery should be very excited because she was a former guard for the atlanta dream when a chip with um with um the atlanta dream so she's one of the most revered players and and she should be very excited about oh yeah this being here oh yeah um definitely when renee called about coming back to the dream it was a no-brainer robinson said as the team's announcement monday there was a palpable energy around the wnba and the city of atlanta that is undeniable. I'm honored to be a part of what the dream is building under the new leadership in this historic 25th season of the league. I couldn't be happier for them. Yes. Like I said, this is going to be a lot of fun watching these um, Atlanta Dream games. I'm definitely going to watch. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, the WNBA is always really cool. 
like people don't give it enough credit just because you no, know, it's not the NBA. Like I get it. <laughs> like, 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 you know, y'all, y'all, that's where the money is. But at the end of the day, talented believe, women. Yeah, these talented women. Not only that, they need to be. They need to be given more respect in the fact that their game can generate money too. So that's what. But the more you, the more you invest in it, the more you'll get out of it. That's why I'm they're saying. on goddamn TV, guys. <laughs> they're on TV for a reason. They have a reason. Someone's watching that. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Yes, Katie. May I read the next point? Cause that just blew my mind. I'm sorry. What what part? You mean? No one think large. Oh, okay, okay, yes, absolutely. So continue the tag team. Go ahead. Wait, wait. Tag you in. Ah. Right. <laughs> just gotta make something really apparent though, because that should blew my because he has to sound really stupid to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing. Yeah. I said the same thing. So those of you watching on YouTube, you can see this bottle of wine right here. <laughs> a lovely label that you may or may not recognize. <laughs> Yo. Okay, so. Okay, you go right so, ahead. Can we just stay? I'm still holding that bottle for whenever we win a series. Aww. Mm. Uh, yes. Just for saying. The, for, but the for way we have Noah goddamn single guard thinking he could speak like that and I sound like a fucking dumbass <laughs> makes me think that I'm dying before I get to drink that. I see the same thing. <laughs> okay. I said the same thing in our pre in our, in our pre meeting today. So what's the headline? Thing. What is he saying? What is he saying? Met no sticker guard says baseball is soft. Unwritten rules are pretty stupid. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so then you want baseball to get even more regulated than it is. You guys still get. Now, please tell me if I'm wrong, Phil. Mm. But they're still testing for marijuana, right? Uh, not that I know of. I think that, especially from the news we had last week about the Florida Boxing Association, I don't know for sure if they're still testing for it in the in Major League Baseball. But that's something we can definitely look at. I don't. I do not believe that they uh, have stopped testing for it. No. So I don't want to give anyone any misinformation just yet. Okay. So then, just my point is this: the Mets have not won a World Series since 1989. But you know, but you know <laughs> wait, what? Wait. So why are you sitting here now? Speaking about the sport that you currently play. Well, here what he has to say. Well, here what he has to say. So, go so, right um, at New York's Mets starter, uh, Noah Syndergaard is the is to the list, to the list of uh, modern players who are done playing by baseball's unwritten rules. Speaking to Clay Skipper of GQ magazine for a story that published Tuesday, the hurler explained that baseball has gotten quote soft, and its unspoken code is also, quote, pretty stupid. Some unspoken fucking code. <laughs> now that players are challenging one another on the field and exploding with showmanship, Syndergaard noted that there's a game within the game and pointed to Trevor Bauer's recent back and forth. Sorry. My computer is attacking. With Fernando Tatis Jr. as Tatis. the perfect example. Tatis. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. As the perfect example. Yeah, so Trevor Barr plays for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and Fernando Tatis Jr. is with the San Diego Padres. Yes. Just clearing that up for everyone. Continue. So Syndergaard said, it's fun, 
but we're also competitive beings competing at the highest level. So we're always looking for a way to get the edge on our competition, <laughs> whether it's to are. distract him but in some form or fashion. Go, girl, you don't play. <laughs> let, let her finish, Katie. Let her finish. <laughs> okay, so he said whether it's to distract them in some form or fashion, but um, he thinks. It's great for baseball. He went on to say, I think the fans really enjoy it. It's exciting. People are able to see both of our personalities. I think baseball has gotten too soft. I think there should be some more shit talking. I agree with Bauer, with what Bauer recently said um, <laughs> about the celebration. He gave up two home runs to Tatis, and Tatis heckled him pretty good. I think that's awesome. I agree with Bauer that does not warrant somebody to get thrown at. Wait. So wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. I got a point to say, but go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. So you're mad that you got, excuse me, blood, blood throat. Um, you're telling me because the animal pandemic and your crowd has become pussy. That you want oh, it to be more exciting. You are not WWE. You pitch the ball. You hit it with a bat. You go around the four fucking bases, bro. <laughs> exactly. and that is how the athletic process goes. It is not hockey where you beat the living fuck out of each other. It is not wrestling. It is not UFC. And it they is do not beat the it fuck out of each other with hockey. He just Yo, wants to verbally abuse his fellow bro, players. It is not jiu so. so I cannot verbal abuse. But here's, here's <laughs> the thing, Katie. Here, bro, and fathom that you going to a baseball game. You, bro, first of all, you have either the occasional Italian guy, like the grand, like the, the middle aged grandpa going, uh, 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 fuck you, and Boston cruel, like just like on Cheers, and you got all that, bro. But that's the extent of how the shit talking should go. Yeah. Not defile the American way because you want more blood. Go to watch the fake one with WWE and go watch it on a fucking UFC fight. They do call, they the do call, this, they do call this guy Thor now, but yeah. But my thing is, Katie, here's what I want to say real quick. You remember that World Series a few years back when y'all lost to the Royals, right? Wasn't he the same guy that was beating guys on Yo, the fucking mound? Are you talking about the same um, playoffs that we were at the diner and I sat here crying because it was fucking embarrassing? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. I, remember that. I, I, I had to leave. I was like, I'm getting out of here before they tear this place the fuck down. This place. Full of fans. We did our bill after coming out of the radio station. And I sat there so disgusted with life. This is so disgusted with life. I couldn't roll properly, bro. You saw how much trouble I was having. I was so angry. Listen, for all my weed smokers out there, if you can't roll properly, you stress. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the hypocrisy, Syndergaard took his own shot at Bauer earlier this year when the marquee free agent spurned the Mets to join the Los Angeles Dodgers on a three-year, $102 million contract. Good. Mm -hmm. Bauer, fuck out. <laughs> yeah. You're done. She's like, she's no, fucking done yeah, with this yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 she's done with, she's done with this guy. Fucking Bauer tried to mitigate anger over his decision and offered to donate $10,000 to New York Charities. <laughs> a whole $10,000. 
Um, Syndergaard then mocked him via Twitter. Bauer responded by posting a collection of Syndergaard's social media interactions with fans and telling the pitcher to be nicer in his response. That's a message ridiculous. that had baseball fans calling Bauer a hypocrite after he had harassed a fan on Twitter. Yo, I love it. Yo, yo, and, so and this is another thing. This is another thing. Bauer <laughs> is a complete asshole as well. Let's not get it twisted. He's a complete asshole as well because $10,000, bro. That's it? Yeah. After getting a $102 million contract, yes, it's three years. Yes, I know that's short when it comes to fucking baseball. But really? So he spits through his teeth. Really? That's that's how you're going to say, hey, I'm sorry I didn't join Noah Syndergaard in the Mets, but hey, here's $10,000 to your fucking charities. No wonder Syndergaard is acting the way he's acting. They're both assholes when you really think about it. But, but nah, I understand Katie's problem with Noah Syndergaard. You know what's fucking stupid. He does sound a little idiotic here. Baseball's got too soft. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? What are you talking about? Bro, you remember that 70s show? (laughs) Yes. You remember What's His Face that worked for the Kinkos? That's what he reminds me of. Oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. He sounds like a really ignorant pothead. Who, well, who Are knows? you saying he should be tested, Katie? I don't give a fuck about that, bro. But <laughs> if I get your fact straight, like you put all New Yorkers to shame like that, like <laughs> you represent Queens, bro, and we a whole bunch. Of, listen, man, we're hardworking as people, so we want a good baseball game. You want, you want WWE? Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's. I don't know. That's. <laughs> it's always really entertaining when like coaches yell at the umpires or like the coaches scream at each other. But yeah, the fans are pretty brutal enough. Um, not we're, to say it wouldn't be entertaining. We're in, New, we're in New York. Enough said. Exactly. But, but yes, that that right there is Marie and KDK with the news. Ta-da! <laughs> Brooke's song had to start playing at the same time. Ha-ha. So you pray while he's playing. Speaking of at the same time, I just had to add a second chair for my ass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just so you guys um, understand. If you saw me fidgeting a lot in the first half of the show, that's because uh, half of my ass was... um, I was just switching from one butt cheek to the other. Thank you so much for that. So don't think that I'm like a weirdo. Don't think I'm a weirdo. Anyone who's like watching physically, like I don't want them to be like, "What is wrong with her pants?" <laughs> it was my ass. Thanks, guys, for <laughs> listening. With that being said, so Phil, you didn't tell people though. What? You upgrading? Upgrading on what? You not only writing for one blog soon, you're gonna be writing for two blogs soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, and to everyone that's been following the Breakroom Sports blog on Talent Wave, my apologies for the absence. There's been a lot going on, but there will be a new blog out this Tuesday to make up for it. And I got some juicy shit to share with y'all, so y'all stay tuned for that. But welcome back, y'all, to the Breakroom Sports Podcast live on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Glad to I, have you. Yes, I'm production in the building, of course. KDK and Marie Furry are joining me. Okay. And what you just heard was my boy Reezy out of Harlem. Shout outs to him. Shout outs to um, Coexist Gaming, where I met the guy. He is fan- absolutely fantastic. 
Classic, that was his new single, Same Energy. Video for that also is now out on YouTube. And his album, Vibes, available on all streaming platforms. Make sure y'all go cop that. Because it's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. You got some shit on that kid. He's, he's, he got bars. Um, okay. He's he, he not going to work at some point. So we all go, we out to code this that Monday, though. Yes, we are out to code oh, this that Monday. Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Sweetie, Yo. anytime, though, but you're not ready for me. Yeah. Listen, I rock your world, girl. Stop it. Okay. Jesus Christ. I got your, I still have the chips, too, by the way. I'm <laughs> writing this down, and I'm sending it to fucking HR. I'm writing. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Talk to HR. See how that fares for you. <laughs> I'm weak. She frequently the door's right there. I'm saying on the opposite side of the room, she's good. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> before the break, I was talking about the NBA playing tournament, right? Mm-hmm. So let me just pull something up real quick. So we were talking about the playing tournament, and one thing that we were looking at was the prospect of what it means for the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champions. Mm-hmm. Now, the defending champions have a couple things working against them. The fact that they had a target on their back all season, and also the fact that they've been rattled with injuries. Now, LeBron James was the first one to say, hey, guys, I don't know about us getting back in the saddle this quickly. Like, originally what the uh, National Basketball Players Association were talking about was starting the season after Martin Luther King Day. Mm. But instead, the NBA wanted to capitalize on the Christmas money. It was like, no, we're going to start the season December 22nd. And pushed it. A month after the season ended, in the bubble for the Lakers. It was a, it was literally a month after because mm-hmm. the season ended in like end of October going into November. It's like November 17th, I believe, was the finals. And it was, it was a final game where the Lakers beat the Heat in six. <clears throat> but what people need to understand about the Lakers Everything has been working against them all season. I know this for a fact with all the all my friends who are Lakers fans who have spoken to me about it in length. And this play-in tournament, the reason they're doing this play-in tournament, of course they want to generate more revenue and kind of give give the playoffs a little bit more parity, even though the way it looks right now, like I have the, the projected playoff picture in front of me, right now on the e- – for the Western Conference, the play-in tournament would include the Memphis Grizzlies versus the San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors. Now, we all know what Steph Curry has been doing in Golden State this season, still dazzling people. Draymond Green is still no slouch as much as people may dislike him. But Los Angeles has a few things working against them. Along with yeah, yeah, with injuries, with the fact that LeBron still hasn't played in a month. Cause how many games has he missed? 
think somewhere around like twenty something, right? Yeah, like twenty six, twenty seven games he's missed. Jesus. So they're not in the best position. And first thing I want people to understand is that this is usually how LeBron works. Like takes his time and everything, so people ain't gotta worry. They just plow through things in the playing in, in the playoffs. Yeah. But the playing tournament complicates that. It really complicates it because now you have extra games that you need to play in a bigger uphill climb than before. Yeah. Many analysts are already saying that any team in the playing tournament at all is not going anywhere. That after that playing tournament, that's it for those teams. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone has already said. So, gonna get tuckered out. So, it's going to be very difficult for the Lakers to repeat as it stands right now, because if they were to defeat Golden State in the playing tournament, then they would have to face whoever wins. And if they were to win, they would end up facing the two seed right now in the West, which is Phoenix. And if we all remember correctly, Phoenix beat the Lakers twice this season. Yeah. So. It's, it's a big uphill battle that you are asking of the Lakers. But they're up for it. But they are, but according to Anthony Davis. Dream money stack with laughing emojis all over. <laughs> exactly. I very know the laughing emoji. Um, Anthony Davis is welcoming the opportunity at the, of this of this play in tournament. Challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. He he spoke fondly of the late season competition. And he said, it's been fun, to be honest, after putting up 42 points in the win against the Blazers for the sixth spot in the West. Um, because they're, they're, still, they're still a game behind them. Uh, he said, we were a great team last year. This is the first time since I have been here that we ran into a challenge. This is a different challenge for us. So I think that the – and he – the thing about Anthony Davis is that he just finally got a chip last year, so he's literally down for anything. Yeah. But I want people to understand something when it comes to the Lakers with everything going against them. We've seen this before with a LeBron James-led team, and you can't tell me that LeBron is not going to be back on the court at some point. If I'm the Lakers, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck everything else. Let's just go to the playing with LeBron and let's not play for any more games. And they have two games left on the schedule because the regular season ends Monday. I think they only have two games left. I say that because LeBron was supposed to play this week. He was saying to play against the Knicks, that game that we lost against them when Anthony Davis put up, um, I think, another 34, 35 points. Yeah. <clears throat> and, hey, Julius Randle did well, but – at the end of the day, that game, what I'm upset about ultimately that game is that that was not R.J. Barrett's shot at the end. But we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> but, for, but for what it's worth. My thing is. The, yes. Imagine. Imagine looking LeBron James in the face in the locker room or in practice after he was out for a little while and you let the whole team go to shit. Nah, they're playing like, no, no he's going to be better. No, they, they, and that's better. the thing. They haven't gone to shit. Yeah. They haven't gone to shit just yet. Have they lost more games than they needed to? Well, sure. LeBron James plays a factor in all of that. 
And remember, Anthony Davis didn't play for a while, and neither did Dennis Schroeder. But they so, have a solid coach. All right, listen, Frank, Frank Vogel's not a scrub. We all know what he's capable of as a coach. We understand all that. But at the end of the day, the fact that um, – Davis is basically looking at looking at it as the glass half full rather than the glass half empty and saying, listen, this actually might be a pretty big challenge for us, but it's going to be a good challenge for us nonetheless. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's a perfect mentality to go into, especially with LeBron coming back, because with that in their minds, they'll be able to, as every other LeBron James-led team has done in history throughout the playoffs, they'll be, they'll be able to size up their opponents properly and do something. Do I think that they would beat Golden State in, in the playing tournament? Absolutely. Do I think that the the Phoenix Suns could potentially end their hopes? Oh yeah, that could happen too. But that's what's so fun about it. But I want Lakers fans to relax. <laughs> I want y'all to understand that, like. You don't have to talk all the shit that y'all have been talking. We Not get it. We, under, we understand that when LeBron James gets back out there, everything's going to fucking shift. And you're going to want get. him rested up. Yeah, so you're going to yeah, you, you don't want him to re-aggravate that sprain all of a sudden and then y'all can't be in the playoffs without him. Because exactly. then y'all ain't doing the damn thing. Exactly. Y'all ain't doing the damn thing. So, Every, Everyone still wants Nets versus Lakers. I honestly believe at this point, juncture in time, it, it, it still will be whether I'm jinxing anything or not, I could give two shits. I ultimately believe that it, we're going to see the Jazz in the finals. Against who in the East? That's still up in the air. But I think that the Jazz are who everyone needs to really worry about. But if it's Lakers versus Jazz in the Western Conference Finals, oh, that's going to be something that the Lakers are going to embrace and get up for. So best believe if... if LeBron is rested enough and healthy enough to instill back in the players like he always does with every one of his teams. If he is able to instill that confidence back in everyone, especially building off of what Anthony Davis has, has just built or is currently building right now in his absence, mm -hmm. I think they will be just fine. The play-in tournament is not that bad. It is a bigger uphill climb than usual, and every analyst is saying, yeah, every play-in tournament team ain't making it. If anyone's most equipped to at least make the deepest run, it's probably the Lakers. And Boston would probably be second. But What's the point of it? I mean, it's it's like summer school. Like, it's, it's 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 more it's 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 a marketing ploy for more money, I truly believe. Like Yeah, but it also gives room for redemption though. It gives room for redemption and because it's a money grab, it involves more teams. Yeah. Because usually on every on every like side and on every like conference you only have eight teams that can go to the playoffs from each conference yeah now you have 10. now you have 10 because the playing tournament counts as a playoffs basically yeah i mean it leads to the real playoffs but it's still the playoffs yeah so you can see teams like memphis with john morant um still balling you can see him in the playoffs finally you can see russell westbrook get more triple doubles in the playoff in the playing tournament so you're right you're, you can see LaMelo Ball, but no, no, he's out for the season because he broke his wrist. But um, you can see um, Boston, who is still a team that I'm still looking at to make a little bit of noise. There was probably more noise last year, but that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Boston to do something as well. But at the end of the day, this is more about getting more teams involved and more parity. Like, 
just the matchups as it is. And with the play-in tournament, between the 9 and the 10 seed, whoever wins will play the loser of who win one between 7 and 8. Yeah. Whoever wins between 7 and 8 faces the 2 seed. So if the Lakers were to beat Golden State, they would end up facing Phoenix. Yeah. And then Golden State would face whoever wins between Memphis and San Antonio. And then whoever wins that game would face number one seed, Utah. Yeah. Same thing on the East. Like you God, see. I want the Lakers to play Phoenix again. Yo, no, no. It's, it would, that would be a really, really great series. And not only that, we'll see it. We'll be able to gauge exactly what the Lakers will do. Because the Phoenix can knock them out. Phoenix definitely can knock them out. So that, I think, if it stays that way, I'm hoping the Lakers can win that series because that is a series that I want to see happen. Like the Lakers win the series against Golden State going in the playing tournament and face Phoenix. We're going we're gonna to see exactly what they're able to do there. So, Hell yeah. So with that being said, y'all, Lakers fans, y'all can relax. <laughs> take several seats. <laughs> yes, take several seats. Y'all can relax. Y'all can relax for a little bit. So, in the interest <laughs> of time, we're going to move forward in our coverage and go to our segment that we opened up last week, last time that I checked, and named after this song by Nipsey Hussle. So, oh, don't worry, you got till eight thirty. Oh yeah, I, I realize. So, for everyone um, <laughs> tuned into our YouTube, thank you for rocking with us. We're going to be on until 8.30 tonight. So, last time that we checked on... Last time that I checked. Yeah, last time that I checked. Last time that I checked on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. God damn this so, dragon. So, no, nah, no, nah, it's been dragon. But like I said, I honestly fucking believe that Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. At least not this season. Because... I don't think he has anywhere to go this particular season. I think next year is when he is actually going to be traded. But if you really look at what Green Bay has been doing, you can look back and see a bunch of mistakes that they made just in this draft alone. The issues that Aaron Rodgers has had with the Green Bay Packers up to now is the simple fact that they have failed to draft certain things. They've failed to draft certain positions. Like, they still have yet to draft a wide receiver in the first round. They haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round in a decade. In a decade. God damn, daddy. Exactly. Like, no weapons. Like, he's been getting weapons from third, fifth, and sixth rounders. Devontae Adams was picked in the second round, guys. He he was not a first-round receiver. And he was the first one to say that he is hoping and praying Aaron Rodgers will make the Packers QB. He said, and I quote, it's been tough, man. I've obviously spoken to Rodgers a little bit. Can't really share too much of what we talked about, but it's just something that is part of the business. You've got to keep people happy. And it's tough because you have invested so much time in one place and you've done so much for one place that you just hope to see that respect reciprocated. People who know me personally know I'm big on that. Reciprocal energy, reciprocal respect. And then he says, when it doesn't work out exactly how you want, you have issues like this. That sounds like most crybabies. <laughs> no, hey, no. listen. I think it's warranted. It, I it, think it's warranted, and I think it's one of those situations where 
maybe, you know, it's in your best interest to stay, but you have to make a big stink for something to change because you want to stay, you see potential there, but you have to be like, hey, I'm going to fucking leave. Say, say sorry, I'm going to fucking leave. Like, you know, like, and I get it. And, like, he deserves to have, like, some type of defense. These are monsters out here he's playing against. He has he has a good offensive line. All that is set. Yeah. The issue is, is that defense. whenever he needs an offensive weapon, they fuck it up somehow. Mm. That is a main issue. His defense is fine. Like, Jair Alexander, um, their cornerback, their all-pro, pro bowl corner, cornerback, did amazing last season and was responsible for more takeaways in the league than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So their defense is not the issue. What is the issue is the fact that for the for the tenth straight year they did not draft any wide wide receiver help early again. Like just, that's true. That's like true. according to ClutchPoints.com, I want everyone to think about this real quick. These are all of the receivers over the last three decades. That the Green Bay Packers have drafted. Marquez Valdez Scantling, who was a star last year, fifth round, 2018. Ty Montgomery, third round, 2015. Devontae Adams, who just became the best wide receiver in the league last year, catching 18 touchdowns and over 1,500 yards receiving. Second round, 2014. Randall Cobb, one of my personal favorite players. Second round, 2011. Jordy Nelson, second round, 2008. We all remember Jordy fucking Nelson. James Jones, 2007. Greg Jennings uh, in the third round. Greg Jennings, second round, 2006. He won the chip with Aaron Rodgers in 2010. Donald Driver, seventh round, 1999. Antonio Freeman, third round, 1995. Robert Brooks, third round, 1992. So over the past 30 years, the Packers have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round. At all. And that's, that's more than an oversight. At all. That's more than an oversight. I mean... At all. This isn't some backyard fucking league. You know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers, they thought about it, and they said, nah, we don't fucking need it. <laughs> Three decades in a row. They're, they're, they're very rooted in tradition, which I totally understand, and that's totally warranted and valuable. <laughs> and the Packers had the 29th overall pick in this draft, and it could have taken any number of top-tier wideouts. They could have moved up a bit to probably get Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, who was a stud last year, but he went 27th overall to the Ravens, so he's going to be helping Lamar Jackson out. And remember, guys, the Ravens, they are still a Super Bowl contender, too. They're a lot farther ahead, like, in that sense, in the AFC. And then another great wide receiver, Kadarius Toney. He's ours now, so he's going to be catching shit um, – by Daniel Jones alongside Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram over here in New York. So I think that they dropped the ball in a multitude of things, and that is really what we're looking at now more than ever. Like, I still think that at the end of the day, we will see Aaron Rodgers start in week, week one for the Packers. He doesn't want to be there anymore. But Jordan Love's not ready to play. Yeah. And... And he doesn't have anywhere to really go. And, and all the Packers are continuing to prove to us is that not only is Aaron Rodgers warranted with how he feels, like he could be a crybaby and all that shit all he wants, passive-aggressive all he wants. We know how Aaron Rodgers acts. But at the end of the day, 
the bullshit that's surrounding all of it is the fact that Gutekunst and that front office, they still refuse to get with the times in so many ways. And quite frankly, I don't blame Rodgers for being as frustrated as he is. He could leave and go host Jeopardy again if he fucking wants. <laughs> At the end of the day, he, he understands like, yo, this is my fucking legacy. Yeah. Like, help me the fuck out. I gave you I gave you two NFC Championship appearances and an MVP season last season. And you still ain't helping me out? You drafted my heir apparent last year who still ain't ready to play. So I don't know why you went for a rebuild when I'm trying to win. I'm 37, motherfucker. At this point... Do or die. And my thing is, I said it when it first broke, and I'll say it again. The news broke from allegedly a group chat that he was a part of with other teammates. He's not just bitching and being a crybaby or whatever. There's motherfuckers in the group chat like, word, yeah, that's kind of true. I'm so sorry, dog. Hang in there. Like, it, you're not going to stay in a group chat. You're yes. not going to be in a group chat where motherfuckers are like, you're wrong. You're wrong. You don't, there's no group chat for motherfuckers that are arguing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone is on the same page in a group chat. Like, everyone's talking that shit. So, he's not. I don't, I don't feel like he's being a crybaby, and I feel like it's warranted. And yes, you, you, you said exactly where it comes from. I'm the root of the problem. But, um, yeah, maybe he'll just do one more year and uh, get his shit together. Or maybe they'll get their shit together. Shit has to get together, though. Yeah, yeah, shit has to get together. Yeah. Like... Well, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We'll be looking more at this as things go on. I honestly personally believe, especially after the significant long-term contract offer that he did get, I think it's too much money on the table really to walk away from. And at the end of the day, I'm just of the mindset, like, where is he going to go? He's not, he's, he, he's not coming to Washington. I don't think he's going to be a Bronco. Some people were talking about him going to Denver. Like, I don't see him... Like where, 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 where do y'all think that Aaron Rodgers would go? That can afford him. That can that, that that's another thing that can even afford him. Yeah. <laughs> like I think they trade him next season. I think that he stays on one more season. If this is if this is where they're gonna go, if this has gone to the point beyond no return, then start training up Jordan Love now. Make him play preseason. But week one, Aaron Rodgers is starting. Aaron Rodgers is starting week one. Mostly. Let's not get it twisted. And we're going to look at that schedule a little bit later on in the show. Yes, Katie? Yo, I'm sorry, though. This Y'all look like models right now, B. Y'all look so fly. She gave us light, guys. We're pretty again. If, you watch, if you're watching on YouTube, this is the magic of doing this shit live. Yo. You see improvements. She looks like a whole model. Oh, wait, she is. Well, wait, she is a model. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, flex. Flex, girl. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, God. yes. Only on the break room sports podcast. But yes, we're gonna be, like I said, we're gonna be taking more looks at this shit going on with Rodgers in the coming weeks. Like I said, he's gonna be a Packer next season. He's starting week one, and we're gonna take a look at the NFL schedule a little bit later on in the show. So, but and that's actually oh yeah. So coming up, want, coming up, we're gonna take our next news break. We're gonna take our next um, commercial break. So. Coming up, what I want people to understand about college athletics 
is that there's a lot of shit that you can get away with. And I want to <laughs> talk and I want to talk about a school in particular that's gone away with a lot of shit. And here we are again talking about this particular school in lieu of something happening between with business and personal conduct that's always going to be viewed as egregious because it is. Hide your kids, hide your wife. That's coming up after this. But right now we're going to get into our next music break. And I'm very excited about this song. This is one of my all-time favorite songs right now. I listen to it almost every morning when I wake up. It's by the big homie, Coney Brooks, who you all are going to see those coming to the Give Back show on Sunday at his first show of the year. I get yeah. To, I, get to, I get to be on the same stage with this guy in my first show of the year, too. So this but is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But, huh? but did y'all not hear or see his story where he had July Quinn Mm-mm. creating a beat? Oh, I did see that. Oh. Yes. That was fucking sick. Oh. So... Shout out to the big homie, Coney Brooks. Shout out to the Thought Boy. Shout out to all of IG, ICMG2D. This song is off of his latest album, When All Else Fails, his double-sided album. It's an absolute fucking masterpiece and, in my opinion, album of the year of 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hey. You're, yeah. tu- you're tuned into the Break Room Sports Podcast. We are coming to you live from YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Subscribe, subscribe. Yes, yes. Make sure you're following us on social media and making sure that you are subscribing to our marvelous YouTube. This, the song that y'all just heard, one of my all-time favorites by the big homie, Coney Brooks. Shout out to him and all of ICMG 2 Deep. That was I Pray I Make It, also produced by another great friend of mine by the name of Live Johnson, the living legend himself. That was, that whole album is just... Something else. Once again, shout out to Coney Brooks, man. One of, one of one of my favorite artists. I had the pleasure of working with him on my on my album director's notes. He's something else, man. Don't act like it wasn't a hit. It was what? <laughs> I was vibing during the break. Of course. <laughs> like I listen to that song every morning. Like, I pray I make that's some shit right there. Shit, I might start myself. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> listen, prayer changes everything, y'all. Keep God first in your life. You can do everything. All right. Now, I don't mean to get dark here. But it's going to. But I'm getting very tired of hearing about this particular school like this. Now, for for those of you who know me and know me very well, I'm bigger on college football than I am on the NFL. As much as I love the NFL. I'm very big on college football. And I'm the opposite. <laughs> She's more in the NFL than in college. But, but can I say, Yes. before you say the exact school, mm-hmm. can I just circle around the region? Sure. I am. You happen to be very familiar with the fucking region. I am an Ohioan by birth, um, corn-fed, Buckeye State, Ohioan, and... Yeah, man, whenever anyone asks me and they say, oh, you're from Ohio, what are you doing here in New York? And I say, name one fun thing to do in Ohio. (laughs) One fun thing. And then some stupid people occasionally (laughs) have babies, yeah. Yeah, Someone will occasionally say some stupid shit like, don't you have the the Hall of Rock and and Roll? The the, the Hall of Fame? Don't you? Don't you fucking have 
Cedar Point. I'm like, oh, you mean the bootleg Six Flags and and, yeah. and a place where people don't hang out? It's a museum. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just I'm just starting off by saying we're not all bad, super dark, going down the rabbit hole. But you don't have a lot to do, so you get yourself into trouble. And there's so, no parents around, so so check this out, right? Mm -hmm. The, the, the Ohio State University is one of the most revered schools in the world. Not the nation now, the world. And not, and not only they have been perennially successful year in and year out with their football program, the Ohio State again. Buckeyes. And again. We were just talking about Justin Fields for the past two weeks. My personal favorite quarterback that was in the draft who was drafted by the Chicago Bears. He transferred to Ohio State from the University of Georgia and took over after um, Joe Burrow was sent from Ohio State to LSU. And what did, what did that do for Joe Burrow? He ended up fucking becoming not only the number one pick, the Heisman, throwing 60 touchdowns in the season, one of the greatest causes we've ever seen. Yep. And all Justin Fields did is kind of sort of mirror that in many ways, just in a different sense. But I'm not going to talk about Justin Fields here. What are we talking about? What I'm talking about is Ohio State in general. Now, for those who remember <laughs> in general, the scandals, all of you. <laughs> for those of you who remember, for those of you who remember specific scandals that happened at Ohio State throughout the years when it comes to personal conduct involving Urban Meyer mostly. There's been a lot of history when it comes to Ohio State that isn't all that shiny in the scarlet and gray that you see them play in every Saturday. Mm. There have been blemishes on this program, some by Urban Meyer, I don't know, by like not telling certain people about certain misconduct and letting their wives handle shit that they shouldn't be handling and hiring the wrong people because of it. It's so cute that you call that a blemish. I would call that a horrific scar. Well, well, I'm 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 being generous, but but aside from being generous, but aside from being generous, Ohio State has somewhat of a low key yet still quite infamous reputation of sexual misconduct within their walls sometimes, and another wrench has been thrown in this proverbial engine that on Thursday the Ohio State University has taken action against an independent massage therapist who an investigation found took part in exploitative behavior, quote unquote, against members of the football team. And you know how. Mm -hmm. And this is, and I'm just going to breeze through the statement. In March, 2021, the university became aware that the state, of, state medical board of Ohio investigated an independent massage therapist who engaged in inappropriate and exploitative behavior targeting members of the Ohio State football team. University has confirmed that the medical board has taken action and this individual has had her license permanently revoked. Our first concern and top priority for the safety and well-being of our student athletes. Within days of learning of these allegations, the university quickly launched an independent investigation of the matter. An experienced legal and compliance resource, Barnes and Thornburg, led the independent investigation and has completed the work. Now, before I go any further, before, you before I go any further, what I ultimately want to get across here is that yes this is egregious in many ways but mm -hmm. 
what I don't want to feel anymore is that Ohio State is bringing it on themselves. Because this is what's essentially happening, that they're bringing it on themselves in many fucking aspects. Like, mm. the school banned from the campus as well as any other location where students are living, and the independent investigation found the woman offered free massages to initiate consensual sexual interaction with football student-athletes before demanding payment. Yo, she pulled the old switcheroo. Yep. And let me tell you, I'm sorry that something left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't know if you meant it that way. I don't oh, think I did. The chips are delicious. Don't shy away from sour cream and onion. <laughs> never that, never that. But, but go on. Um, I don't think you meant it in the way that you said it. But you might have. I don't know. I heard they're bringing something on themselves. I think that this predator, yeah. this woman, saw a space where she could whittle her little narrow ass in there yep. and exploit people who just recently went through puberty. Because remember, boys go through puberty later than girls. There's, there's a huge difference. Freshman and sophomore year, we're dying, we're suffering, things are aching and hurting and, and we're changing. The boys are standing there with their jaws dropped. Our jaws drop junior, senior year when a motherfucker who was this tall is now like this tall <laughs> is now like this. So I think she found an open market for naive boys who are very attractive, who have a hard time finding women that they can trust. And they said, you know, well, we technically kind of work together. Maybe I can trust you. You're kind of attractive or very attractive. I haven't seen a picture of this woman. But she's a predator. It's yes. not that they brought it on themselves. And if you have a license in a medical field, that's all the back work, background work you really need to do. You shouldn't have to really fucking. But here's the argument now I'm going to present to you. Mm -hmm. And this will be the last one before we go to our next news break. Okay. Yay. What I want people to understand about Ohio State is that if this happened at any other school, like say a lesser school, like let's let's say. University of Texas at San Antonio, or like fucking Bowling Green that plays in the Mid-Atlantic Conference. It's not the fact that she's a predator. It's the fact that this is Ohio State University. That's the thing. Duh. It's the fact that this is Ohio State University. Yeah, she doesn't want the small fish. She wants the predators. We you know. wouldn't be talking about this yeah. if it was any other school. Exactly. That is the issue that I have. She did that purposely. She, I think that, if anything, she heard about the scandal and bullshit from the past with Ohio State and was like, hey, I'll be able to cover my ass if any shit happens. And she's following Big Fish. people know about this shit. Yeah, and she's following Big Fish. It's a, it's a, a whole fucking swamp, yeah. a cesspool of disgusting That's behavior. what I mean when I say she, they brought it on themselves. Because, like, but they handle she it. is... Of course they have them. They didn't have a choice. That's, that's <laughs> nice. That's nice of them. But the fact of the matter is it's a headline. And it would not be a headline if not only it was, it was Ohio State, but what Ohio State has been known for infamously. Yet subtle, subtlety, but infamously. Also, shout out to Pillow Talk, because without these players talking to each other and figuring out that more than one you of them... You are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> one of them not played by this bitch. Yo, they're in their, they're, they're in their locker rooms like, yo, 
yo, I fucked yo, the massage yo, lady. Massage therapist, yo, you hit it too, Nick? She got away with her hands. Stop, stop, stop. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting words in these kids' mouths. I'm not doing that today. No. No. Use, your, use your theater background. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Anyway, but 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 being that we got a time crunch to keep, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look at this. We'll look at this in the coming weeks because this this ain't gonna be the end of this. But here's but once again, here's Marie with the news. Okay. So now. Talking about, we're talking about a big deal, man. We're talking about a big deal. What's the big deal we talking about? Alex Rodriguez group reaches agreement to buy Timberwolves for $1.5 billion. Buying the Timberwolves for $1.5 billion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Former MLB star Alex Rodriguez. Didn't he give it? No, that was Belichick. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were talking about, Katie, but yeah. Yeah. Never mind, go. <laughs> Former MLB star Alex Rodriguez reportedly has a deal in place to purchase the Minnesota Timberwolves. According to Shams of the Athletic and Stadium, Glenn Taylor has agreed to sell the Timberwolves to an ownership group led by Rodriguez and tech entrepreneur Mark Lore for $1.5 billion. Ooh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Making yeah. moves out here. Taylor announced on April 10th that Rodriguez and Lore had signed a letter of intent to buy the NBA franchise. It was also reported at the time that the sale was expected to include WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. Look at that. That's what I thought was going to happen. A little slip in there. Little yeah. In there. That's, that's what, that's, that was one of the first things I heard was I was like, he was trying to buy the Licks. I didn't know it was going to be like some sort of package either working out with the Licks and the Timberwolves, but... Bait and switch. <laughs> per Shans, Rodriguez and Lore will be equal partners in the purchase, and they are expected to sign the official paperwork shortly. This reminds me a lot of what Dwayne Wade just recently did with purchasing the U- purchasing a stake in the Utah Jazz. Like, I love seeing these established players who are retired, who aren't just subjecting themselves to being analysts and being talking heads. No, they're actively getting out there and being like, listen, I gave more than enough to this game as a player. You know, I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop giving to it. Yeah. I don't want to just be an analyst. I don't want to just be on. No, 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 no. I want to actively be like working with a franchise. I want to stay in this shit right here. Let me help build teams now. I know what the fuck to do. I think that I, I think and I think that if they're getting a package to two teams, that's that's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> it's a steal. Yeah. Um, ESPN's Brian Windhorst uh, he reported Tuesday that the thirty-day exclusive negotiating window between Taylor and Rodriguez-led group had come and gone without an official deal. Mm. Despite that. Windhorse noted that the two sides continue to negotiate in good faith and are potentially working on an extension of the window. Got you, got you. No, no, no. It's a lot of money on the table. Yeah, that's a lot of money on the table. I think I think that that deal is going to happen at least for one of those teams. Um, if they can get the Timberwolves, that's I think that's great. Um, <laughs> and that and that's pretty awesome. That that's how much they're going to be worth now. Like 
NBA franchises, they morph and change over time, like we just saw not, not, not too many years ago after the whole Ronald Sterling fiasco with the Los Angeles Clippers. We saw Steve Ballmer purchase the Clippers for, I think it was like six, like four or five billion dollars, something like that. Oh, so, so I think this is a great thing that the value of these teams are going up. Like the Timberwolves are um, are no slouch, and not in the playoffs, not in the playing tournament either. But at, but for the most part, mm-hmm. but for the most part, sometimes all it takes is some new ownership to change things. Like after after the Clippers, for example, after they changed with Steve Ballmer, they've been perennially in the playoffs each year and making deeper runs than they used to before when Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin were there during the Lob City years. So they're doing something correct, and I look forward to seeing what Alza Rodriguez is able to do with the Timberwolves. I mean, sure, I get it, like it's a different sport, but at the end of the day, business is business. And if you are able to instill more inspiration in your employees with your business business acumen you've learned throughout the years in whatever sport is your respective sport you partitioned in, I think this is a good thing. Yes. Um, also, side note, uh, non-sports related, just to like burst your bubble a little talk bit, because I want you to feel as shitty as I do, Phil. Uh-oh. I really do. What did I do to warrant it's this? It's my job as a woman. What the fuck did I do to warrant this? You got, you're getting fucked in the butt. That's good. Oh, God, you better stop. Continue. Delicious. <laughs> no, no, we had to break this one. No, we have to not condone that. We're tag teaming him now, not oh. just the news. You can't me to us. We have no HR. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I see what you're saying, what you're getting at. That it's nice to see the value of these teams go up. What I'm thinking is, is the value of these teams really going up, or is it inflation? And someone's taking advantage of the back end of a pandemic to make a two-team deal. Mm. I, I, I didn't. I didn't look at it at that sense. I have a business background, baby. Hey, listen, I didn't look at it at that sense, but <laughs> listen, there's there's still a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure about all of that now. I just thought it was pretty cool that that was being worked out, but. You might have a point there. I don't know for sure. That's something we can definitely look at later on. But as far as I see, I'm like, eh. it's a little push. I see. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But what's next? So, um, the USC legend Chuck Liddell is to referee Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter boxing match. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 let me tell you why that's bullshit. But go ahead, Katie. Yeah, it's good for it. Yeah. No, Let me tell you. Yeah. I'm weak, yo. Yeah. So the former UFC light heavyweight champion Chuck Liddell is the latest to enter the world of celebrity boxing. Though he'll be doing so. As a referee, Liddell will officiate when former NBA star Lamar Odom and singer-actor, I, I, he's never, I, has wait, he acted? Wait, Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter hasn't acted since he was 13 years old. I've never seen him act in my life. Remember when he was on Lizzie McGuire? That's probably Oh! That's, yeah, that, that's who it is. <laughs> Yo, Lizzie McGuire? I just uh, remember that he existed. 
back of my brain, like, I love candy. Everybody <laughs> So he's going to officiate when they get into the ring on June 11th in a pay-per-view event from Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I'm sorry, I Every, can't stop laughing. Everyone hold everything. Did we not just see Lamar Odom on his deathbed not too many years ago? But like, wait, but wait though. You want Lamar Odom to pretty much go up again, Justin Bieber 1.0. Listen, I'm, they're fighting for hookers and cocaine. It makes sense. <laughs> they might as well be, but I'm like, yo. That's I'm how both of them like, have something in common. Like, the Bro, bro yeah. you just you 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 just finished surviving the Kardashian curse. What the fuck is the matter with you? What's um, the matter with you? We know why Aaron Carter is doing this, but yes, Lamar. Aaron, even as a crackhead, we thought you were a little better than this. Exactly. What is the matter with you? We like, thought you were a little better than this. I'd rather find you at the Las Vegas Bunny Range Ranch. It's, 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 it's <laughs> not even so much as. Oh my god. Holy crap. <laughs> What happened? Breaking news. Breaking no. news. Uh, ECW Jerome New Jack Young died Friday today of a heart attack. Oh my God. What? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. RIP. RIP definitely. RIP definitely. Um, that sucks. Um, but you know what we taken care of and everything like that. Yeah, of course. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that later on. Definitely. Um, yeah. Who's going to get killed now, I'm guessing, is Aaron Carter. But while he's just working in a supporting role for this one, Liddell didn't rule out boxing match of his own in the future against YouTuber Jake Paul. They want to fuck up the Pauls. First, first Logan, <laughs> now Jake. They're going to be crying at home with mommy and daddy after all of this is over. I'm weak, yo! With a motherfucker's I hat. I got your hat. I got your fucking hat. <laughs> crying. I hope it was worth it. But, um, yeah, it was worth it, bro. Yeah, so, so uh, that's, that's what the whispers are around that. Uh, meanwhile, Liddell hasn't fought since 2018 when he came out of retirement to finish a trilogy against Tito Ortiz. He endured a first round knockout in the third match. I understand this celebrity boxing thing is becoming a thing now, but Hell yeah. Lamar Odom, you're fucking crazy. I think that this shouldn't happen. <laughs> Just for his sake. And I would pay a pay-per-view to see Chuck Liddell kick Jake Paul's ass. I wanna see him. Move. I would see. I wanna see Lamar Odom move in like the boxing world with his long ass arms. That's yeah. very intriguing to me. Um, but I don't Aaron Carter is also someone who would be hilarious I think to get beat up um, Katie definitely hit it on the head with the Justin Bieber-esque comment yeah. um, but Jake Paul Jake Paul, I'm not interested in seeing him get beat up if we're just beating on celebrities that we hate can, can, can you beat up Jeffree Star please <laughs> can, can you can we beat up Sammy Zane and, and yes, yeah, that too, that too. Daniel, oh, Daniel, definitely. We be, we could we could go all night on that, but. Do we beat up Scorpio P? Hey, 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 hey. Listen, 
Listen. He ain't do nothing to nobody. He's not trying to get in the ring with nobody. Scorpio P has done nothing. Thank you. The fuck? Nothing. That's not what I heard. Hey, hey, hey. You That's stop not what that he said. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the reports anyway, are long. Anyway, speaking of HR, what's our last part of our news break? All right. So, last up, uh, Julius Randall says he wants to retire with Knicks amid NY resurgence season. Let's go! How sweet. As the leader of the New York Knicks resurgence this season, Julius Randall hopes to continue playing with the organization for a long time. Appearing on Victory the Podcast, Randall said he would like to retire as a member of the Knicks. Quote, I love playing in New York, he said when asked about possibly resigning with the team. He also continued to say, I want to retire as a New York Knick. Randall has a $19.8 million team option for the next season that includes a partial guarantee of $4 million. The deal becomes fully guaranteed as long as he's not waived by June 28th. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yo. It takes a special type of person to want to retire as a Nick, especially these days. And I think Tom Thibodeau should be coach of the year. I think that just what he'd be able to do with Julius Randle, him becoming an all-star and him basically leading this charge, and also the development of R.J. Barrett. I still have a problem with R.J. taking that last shot against the um, Lakers on Wednesday. That was not his shot. Yo. What the fuck y'all were thinking? He's been so pressed about that. I don't know what y'all were thinking there. Pass it along. That was not his shot, yo. Nah, fuck all that. Pass it along. Tell him to tell homeboy, don't do that shit. Yeah, that that, that wasn't RJ's fault. That's the only thing I was wrong with. But outside of that, this is a great thing to hear, especially someone that, like, this is a guy that played with Kobe before he passed, yeah. Julius Randle, when he was a Laker. So we all understand, like, the makeup of Julius Randle now. Yeah. Like, he, it's like he was built for this. Aww. And why, like, right now, if the playoffs started today, we'd be facing the Bucks in the first round. We could take them. Facts. We could take them. We 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 may or may, we may lose, sure, whatever the case is, because Giannis is no going to sneeze at um, um, reigning MVP. Two times straight. We understand all that. But the way that we have been able to galvanize this team, the way Tom Vivido has been able to galvanize this team, Derrick Rose's resurgence also coupled with R.J. Barrett's evolution. Just don't give him the ball next time at the end of the game. Give it to fucking Julius Randle. But speaking of Julius Randle, this is great to fucking hear. Yeah. And um, even though Randle's eligible for an extension this offseason, it could be in his best interest financially to wait until the summer of 2022 before signing a new contract. Absolutely. Per ESPN's yeah. Brian Windhorst, the Knicks can only add four years to Randall's current deal with a 20% raise this summer that could bring the total of his contract with incentives up to $140 billion. Million. Million dollars. Over five years. Excuse my allergies, guys. It turns everything into bees. <laughs> Continue. By waiting until he can become an unrestricted free agent after next season, assuming the Knicks pick up his 2021-2022 option, Randall could potentially sign a max extension with the New York Knicks for 
$201.5 million over five years. And that's exactly what the fuck he should do. Hell yeah. He should, he should come back next season, get get his um, partial guarantee of $4 million, get whatever he can, and next year cash it. If he wants to retire with Nick, that is the way to do it. Respectfully. And I cannot wait to see what Randall does against the Bucks. In, 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 in that in that playoff matchup because we're not we're not leaving that six seed. I think we're locked in at this point, mm. especially after these next couple of days. How everyone else is playing, we got I think the momentum. We, I think we got it. I think we just gotta ride out the momentum, and we gonna make some noise in these playoffs, y'all. Yeah, I'm gonna back yeah, and yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Guess who is motherfucking back? You guess who's on the live? <laughs> Us. No, we, I mean, Jay Jensen's here. Ah, ah. Shout outs to you. Shout outs to you, big homie. Like I, was, like I was just saying, you tune into the Break Room Sports Podcast live on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. What you just heard was Jay Jetson Zero Hour off of his album. Abstract Gravity 2 Intergalactic Drip available on all streaming platforms right now. I told you, homie, I was going to surprise you. That song is fire. That whole album is fire, especially Keep like... It. Aye, let's go, bro. <laughs> that whole album is fire. He has another great track that's really popular out right now with um, another great Queens artist by the name of Sunny Wild Heart, your favorite free spirit. And that song is called Nonstop, also on that album. But yo... That song stood out to me, and I was like, you know, I'm going to surprise him with this one. <laughs> so shout-outs to you, big homie. I'll see you at Coexist on Monday, and KU will be with me, so we're going to wild out. Anyway. God damn it, I got dragged along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're getting dragged along for sure. You, you got you got to witness the greatness that is Coexist Gaming House. But yes. It is. I filmed there recently. Oh, that's what's up. No, nah, no, nah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great it's Which a great spot. Which one did you go to? Um... It's in Brooklyn. Yeah, there's a few different ones. Coexist? Yeah. No, there's only one. There's a few different ones. We'll talk later. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I, I, I go to the one I go to the one in Brooklyn on five nine one seven. Make sure you come okay. and give okay. back on the Ivy streaming live on the Ivy Productions YouTube as well as the Titan of Rap website this Sunday from seven PM to ten PM. Mm-hmm. We will be Mr. Williams, Coney Brooks. Devin there, whole bunch of people. And if you don't come, and if you don't get your tickets, I'll link it in our bio. You can also find us via the Rock yep. website. You can go to you go to my link tree on my bio as well. You go on his link tree. You go on everyone's link tree. Everyone. If you don't find it and you don't go, you are a fucking dumb. <laughs> and also, also, I, I spoke to Jay Jesse. He's going to be there on Sundays to, to support. So you'll be able to meet the guy. But yeah, shout out to, to him once again. And shout out to all the artists on that album of his. Shout out to that album. It's pretty dope. But yes, guys, who the fuck was excited about the NFL schedule? Me. What? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> all right. Lord have mercy. Like, there's there's so many moving parts so many moving parts and one of the biggest ones one of the biggest moving parts that i want everyone to make sure that they mark on their calendars is week four october 3rd guess who's making a splash return 
Tom Brady. Yeah. He is going back to motherfucking Foxborough on October 3rd. And um, Brady posted his reaction Thursday morning on Twitter hearing that. He said, it's like when your high school friends meet your college friends. And <laughs> I'm so glad you said Tom Brady and not Tim Tebow. No, we're not talking about Tim Tebow. <laughs> um, but no, the, go the GOAT returns to Foxborough on October 3rd. Yes. I think that every I think that's the everyone needs to circle that game. That's who we want to see. Because everyone was talking about all year last year. Nah, Brady ain't gonna do it again. He need Belichick. Ain't gonna happen. What the fuck happened in the year? In the <laughs> year, his first year, and and credit has to be given where credit is due. That defense is what won their Super Bowl, which would that's the defense is what beat the shit out of Patrick Mahomes and held Patrick Mahomes to his lowest um, lowest completion percentage in his career. Not not not, and I'm not just talking about pro career, career period. I'm talking about to back to high school. Like, he never had a completion percentage that low in his lifetime. And so the credit has to be given to the Tampa Bucks defense. But here's what everyone needs to understand also about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I said this earlier um, a couple weeks ago. They brought back everybody. Yep. Everybody. Dominican Sue, Devin White, Shaq Barrett, Antonio Brown, Gronk, and um, Leonard Fournette. They're all back. Legend. Wait for it, Derry. <laughs> <laughs> They're all back. So this is going to be one hell of a game, especially with the fact that the New England Patriots, along with drafting Mac Jones in the draft, yeah, talk about loving the, the game. All the money that they spent in the offseason getting all these new tight ends and all these new weapons for Cam Newton and for Mac Jones, and the fact that Cam Newton is going to be on some sort of a retribution tour for his season being cut, like diced up in pieces the way it was last season, between injuries, between COVID, between like so many players opting out. Like there was so many things going against the Patriots, sure. But there was a lot of things going against the Bucks too, and they were still able to do what they did. So everyone's going to be looking for, for, okay, was it really all about Belichick or was it really all about Brady? And this, this I think, is... I already have this game scheduled in my calendar because yeah. I want to see Brady beat the shit out of the Patriots. Absolutely. But <laughs> I just want to see the storyline that's going to lead into it. Because like I said, with all the money that New England spent and now we're at now with Brady being a champion again away from Belichick, that's going to make this for some pretty good primetime television. That's that's oh, yeah. And it's a Sunday night football game. So and the entire you, nation's watching that. Yes, and all of you uh, Tom Brady haters that thought that he would be done, mm -hmm. he just wanted the 10 rings, he was going to get out, and he's not really anything without anything without anything. You'll see. Tickets. Watch. Tickets for this game. Yeah, yeah, tickets for this game. Tickets for this game are already through the fucking roof. What are like, they? Like they're like eight thousand eight sixty-two. Shut up. So, so That's be that. So yeah. So be that as it may, this is something that we definitely going to be looking forward to. And there's a bunch of other things we're going to be looking forward to, like the, the fucking 
Hang on one second. But you see what I'm saying about Brady and and the Bucks facing Belichick. Like everyone's, it's going to be a Sunday night game. Everyone's watching that. Oh game. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a scream at the TV kind of game. It's going to be a scream at the TV kind of game. No, no, definitely, especially with what um, the Patriots are trying to set out to do. But other games that we can that people are going to be definitely looking at once this loads. Um, another, um, just a Monday night football schedule, for example. Week one, we're going to be looking at the Ravens versus the Raiders. We got Eagles-Cowboys week three. Because everyone's going to be looking at the Cowboys now with Dak Prescott now being one of the highest paid players in the world, not just in the league world. We also have Giants at Buccaneers week 11. I'm not going to enjoy that because I think I'm going to get our asses kicked. We have Patriots at Bills later on. Later on, like There's so many juicy storylines to all of this. And guys... When I tell you, like, some another really great matchup, I think it's going to be week four also when Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars face Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It's basically going to be a repeat of the 2020 college football playoff championship when LSU went up against Clemson. There's a lot of really great, juicy storylines here this season. I need everyone to really pay attention. We're going to be talking about them more as we go along. Oh, but yeah. in the interest of time, we are going to take our last break. There is no more time. Oh, there is no more time, is there? So I would start wrapping it up, though. Okay, so we'll we'll end with the last song then. Mm-hmm. And we'll end with the last song then. But sounds good. But be but with that being said, y'all, sorry about that. Kind of ran off a little of the time a little bit. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, this has been a pretty good episode. Okay. And what I want everyone to also keep in mind is. Like I said, this NFL season, y'all pay attention to these storylines, especially this one when it comes to Belichick and Brady. And not only that, the made the, the Sunday night football lineup, we're talking about Pats Bucks, we're talking about uh, even the Cleveland Browns got a couple big games out. And everyone knows what the Cleveland Browns were able to do. They're getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. They drafted very well in the season in uh, the draft. So you're going to see a lot of progress, a lot of crazy things happen this season, y'all. So y'all pay attention. Bills at Chiefs week five, we got to look forward to. Man, we're going to be talking about it more, okay? We're going to be talking about it more. But with all that being said, I'm going to wrap up tonight's show, being that we have run out of time. Um, I'm going to wrap up tonight's show with this. Now, for those of you who have been looking at my blog lately, uh, or previously, when I was talking about Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson has now been the subject of 22 uh, lawsuits filed against him for for sexual misconduct mm. with massage therapists. Remember, we were just talking about Ohio State earlier. Yes. But he has 22 cases against him now. And I've been on the record saying that I honestly believe that the Houston, Texas Texans did themselves a disservice not trading him when he wanted to be traded because now they got to deal with him. Like you should have got rid of him when he wanted to, when he wanted to be gotten rid of. Now I got to deal with him. But that's neither here nor there. And what I want people to understand about the fact that now they're probably talking about like settlements and not feeling respected is that 
when it comes down to it, when it comes down to whatever Deshaun Watson did or did not do, like the executives need to be held accountable somewhere. And for everything that the Houston Texans have been going through just this past year alone, with Deshaun Watson wanting out, when they finally hire a black coach, and it was the only black coach hired throughout the whole new coaching system hiring process that happens every year. I don't know why Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, still has yet to get a head coaching job, and he's the best offensive coordinator in the league. But that's neither here nor there either. But the thing that I want everyone to understand about executives taking responsibility, you have to take responsibility for when something is not as present as it should be. And seeing how Deshaun Watson didn't even want to be there, I think they missed a huge opportunity where now the image is just going to go down even further for the Houston Texans. It's the Houston Texans who really it's the Houston Texans who really lose here. Like Deshaun Watson, that's one thing. Like as far as I'm concerned, his career is not over, but it's definitely going to be put on hold for a little bit. Oh yeah, as it should. The Texans are not recovering from this at all. And I would say that I don't think it's the executive's fucking issue that someone decides to, or maybe not, whatever the verdict is still up in the air, Um, whether or not he decides to, oh, since I don't want to be here, I'm going to do all this terrible shit. He's a grown-ass man. He's He's a a baby. He's a grown-ass man. He's not a baby. I don't think that there is any responsibility that executives could take besides taking this seriously, which they are. Yeah. I think they are taking responsibility in a capacity that they can. But hey, that's just me. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's that on that. So with all that being said, y'all, we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Remember, yeah. you were tuned into the Break Room Sports Podcast you. here on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe, y'all. Subscribe. And I want to thank all the artists that um, we played tonight. Johnny Floss, Snipe Life, Reezy, Well Made Choice. Coney Brooks, of course, the King of New York, and Jay Jetson, um, Southside Jamaica Queen, stand the fuck up. We're gonna close out tonight's show with my homegirl, with with the one and only Commander Flame, featuring yes. Hollywood YSA. This is off of her album What a Feeling Too, and that is a fucking masterpiece in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, she That's is also, and not, not only that, she's also a member of Coexist and one of my students in for Theater Thursday. So, so much love to you, sweetie. But yes. This is Get Away off of the album What a Feeling Too by Commander Flame featuring Hollywood YSA. And for everyone here um, with Ivy Productions, this was the Break Room Sports Podcast, episode three. Hope y'all enjoyed yourselves. For everyone here, KDK, Marie Faree, it's your boy Phil, aka Scorpio P. Much love to y'all. Good night. Let's ride out. Let's get away. Bye.